Cold War may be over. But we now find ourselves embroiled in another struggle, an international industrial struggle. Science fiction writers love making up clean, abundant sources of energy as a plot device. Dilithium crystals in Star Trek, hypermatter in Star Wars, the preposterous unobtainium in Avatar. We know there's a material somewhere out there which could save humankind if we could only just lay our hands on it. Cheap, abundant energy, water into hydrogen. Who'd be interested in this technology? A secret. Who wouldn't? The rest of the world. Truth is always stranger than fiction. And in the screenplay that would make hydrogen an unobtainium, an almost abandoned boatyard in Ahada, East Cork, might be where the drama would unfold. Catherine Sheridan takes me around what she hopes will someday be EIH2's first electrolyzing plant in Ireland. EIH2, EI Ireland, H2, the molecular formula for hydrogen. Electrolyzing, converting energy and water to hydrogen. A high-energy fuel which, when burned, leaves only water as waste. No greenhouse gases at all. It is the most incredible economic opportunity for us. We have a natural resource. I don't know if you remember in geography when we were growing up, we were told Ireland didn't have any natural resources. And now it turns out we do. We've got 70 gigawatts of offshore wind off the coast of Ireland. What Catherine is describing is a real-life, abundant source of clean energy available to us in Ireland. Not only could it go a long way to getting our emissions to net zero, it could be exported and make us rich beyond our wildest dreams. And what it means is we can use all that in Ireland and still have lots left over to export into Europe through the Netherlands, where countries like Germany, who can't produce enough hydrogen domestically, are absolutely crying out for Ireland to catch up. But the government seems very relaxed about when we might start actually catching up. A lot of other Europeans, most recently Scotland, Portugal, the Netherlands, Germany, the UK, they all have hydrogen strategies. So we can learn from them and apply it to what would work for us in Ireland. But we don't have one. We're kind of odd one out, are we? Yeah, there, there, there's only one other country in Europe that doesn't have a hydrogen strategy. We absolutely need one. It's not just that we're failing to keep up with everyone else. Because there isn't a blueprint, some would say that we have allowed big oil and gas interests to hijack this green revolution to keep themselves in business. We have to be careful that we're not helping gas industries avoid a conversation about decommissioning uh, gas infrastructure that no longer serves a purpose. We have to be very careful that we're looking at this from the perspective of what's best for Ireland's energy system, not, not what's best for the gas companies. There's also a claim that Irish fossil fuel dinosaurs are using these eco-friendly fuels to greenwash their dirty businesses. Any advertising that might suggest that we are substantively utilising a renewable resource should be strongly interrogated because at the moment that's not the case. In this programme, those claims are put in the spotlight. Is there a little bit of greenwashing going on then? Yeah, I mean, it's, you, know, you could say it's greenwashing or you could say it's what we aspire to. I'm Philip Boucher-Hayes and this is Hot Mess, measuring the gap between climate aspiration and climate action. Episode 5, The Revolution Has Been Delayed. Thank you.
Revolution is the right word to describe the hydrogen economy. Give this man 90 seconds and he'll explain why. The situation at the moment is that we use a variety of energy carriers. We use electricity for lots of things, but we also use the fossil fuels, coal, oil and gas. Barry McMullen is the Dean of Engineering in DCU. If hydrogen had groupies, he might be its biggest Irish fanboy. But those chemical energy carriers are particularly useful because they allow you to, to stockpile energy, to store it, to carry it on a vehicle. Being able to ship Pipe and truck are traditional uses of energy, gave us great flexibility. But the problem with our traditional chemical energy carriers, of course, is that they're all based on carbon. And when you use them for energy, the carbon gets attached to oxygen in the process uh, and you wind up with carbon dioxide that, as we know, is, is a very damaging greenhouse gas. But the chemical processes involved in extracting the energy from hydrogen leaves you with nothing of the kind. When you exploit the energy in it, you wind up combining the hydrogen with oxygen, otherwise known as water, uh, or more typically steam, but it then condenses to water. A benign waste product and not a whiff of a greenhouse gas anywhere. Science one, global warming nil. And in our utopian hydrogen-fuelled future, we will use this climate-friendly source of energy to generate electricity when the wind isn't blowing, as well as for a range of other heavy industrial activities. High-temperature industrial heat or heavy vehicles that aren't suitable for electrification, ships, ultimately even planes, um, where we will need to use some form of chemical energy carrier still. And, And hydrogen is a prime candidate for that because it has no emissions in end use. The beauty of switching to hydrogen is that we already have a 2.7 billion euro network of gas pipes that can, with a bit of tinkering, become part of the arteries of the new economy. And a lot of that existing infrastructure is capable of carrying hydrogen, either blended with natural gas or up to 100% um, hydrogen, much of it. You wouldn't be able to convert that whole network overnight, uh, but over, in a planned way, over, say, 10 years. So in a nutshell, in Ireland's hypothetical hydrogen economy, not only would we hypothetically be able to fill the gap not met by wind and solar with a climate-friendly fuel, we would hypothetically be exporting the same amount of hydrogen again into a European market hungry for every last drop. None of this is hypothetical just about anywhere else in Western Europe. They've already laid out in black and white what they think will be the shape of their hydrogen economy. And in Ireland, what does the Climate Action Plan have to say about hydrogen? I'm exaggerating, but not by much. The plan is not totally silent on hydrogen. It acknowledges that it shows great potential but says that it will not be part of the core measures taken under this plan. If you were running a large energy multinational, you would want these kind of details before you start writing any checks. Now, to make them bankable, we need two things. We need the fine print in the regulations where we have either incentives 
or quotas that make certain percentages of hydrogen mandatory, for instance, in pipelines with blending or in, in, in the fuel sector for trucks or in the shipping uh, sector. This is the CEO of the Italian infrastructure giant SNAM earlier this year talking about what they want to know before they will invest anywhere. So the capital's there, the projects are there, the incentives are getting there. We now need some policy nudges here and there really to get the volumes ramped up. And the sooner we do that, the better, because if we bring the hydrogen revolution forward by 10 years, and we can do that with only, we think, 12 billion of capital deployed in building the electrolyzers at scale, we can save, we think, over $2 trillion of abatement costs. Ireland can't give a clear answer to any of these questions. And they won't say it on this programme because they're too diplomatic. But there are green energy companies outside looking in, aghast at Ireland's failure to seize the moment. Catherine Sheridan had previously worked in the public sector before joining hydrogen startup EIH2. From where she's standing, she sees how a shortage of civil servants assigned in the Department of Energy to the task could be responsible for the inertia. At the moment, there is such an appetite to engage in the energy transition. And to enable that, we need to provide more resources because the people that are involved in it now are fantastic. It's just that there's a lot of things to happen. You know, when we talk about the ambition that's set out in the Climate Action Plan, it needs to be matched with the resources. And when it is, it will enable us to capitalise on this economic opportunity. The story doesn't just stop at Ireland missing a trick and an opportunity to decarbonise, though. There are environmental lobby groups who believe that the absence of a clear plan has allowed fossil fuel companies to fill the policy vacuum with a strategy to stay in business instead of going quietly into the night. Yes, I think hydrogen has been presented as a sort of a Swiss knife of the energy system, something that can do everything. And it's true that in theory it could do everything, but there are a lot of issues with hydrogen that aren't talked about enough. Tara Connolly is the gas expert of an international NGO called Global Witness. So Global Witness is an organisation um, that has offices in um, London, Brussels and Washington. And we are a civil society organisation, NGO, that campaigns against corruption and exploitation of natural resources. And we also campaign on climate change. Tara suggests that there are a number of problems with using electricity to create hydrogen in Ireland right now. First and foremost, right now we are not generating enough wind power to make green hydrogen. We can only make brown hydrogen. That's hydrogen made from gas or coal, as opposed to green, which comes from wind or solar. If you were to produce hydrogen off the Irish electricity grid today, the carbon intensity would be very similar to if you were to just use fossil gas to produce hydrogen directly. So in the Irish context, there is nothing to be gained in emissions terms over using natural gas versus making your own hydrogen. Well, that's the Irish grid today. But we know that the government plans to rapidly scale up the amount of renewable electricity in the Irish grid. And as uh, Ireland's electricity grid becomes more and more based on renewables and less and less based on gas, then I think that there is space for uh, that hydrogen to become cleaner and then for that hydrogen to be used in certain applications. So right now it's dirty because the electricity used to make it is still mostly dirty, but in the future it might be better.
Now, you heard Tara say it would have certain applications. I asked her why she needed to make that qualification. It turns out that if you were to replace the natural gas that is heating two-thirds of a million homes with clean green hydrogen, you would need an almost unimaginable number of wind turbines to make that hydrogen. There's been some research on this in the UK and it says that we would need five times as many uh, wind turbines if we wanted to heat our, our homes through hydrogen compared to if we wanted to do it by heat pumps. You know, and we know that it's very difficult in Ireland and challenging to build those wind turbines. It's taking a very long time. And we know that we need to use that renewable electricity in other places where we, we absolutely don't have alternatives. Okay, so I'm getting the picture that there's a finite amount of uses, in your opinion, for hydrogen, which is probably just as well because it takes an awful lot of electricity to generate it. Yes, absolutely. It's just like biogas or bioenergy in general. There's a small sustainable amount volume that will play a very important role in the energy system. But it's really important that we use that where it's needed and we don't waste it on very inefficient applications like heating homes, running hydrogen cars. That would be another very expensive venture. And it's really important that we keep it for where we really don't have any other solutions. And that's things like you know, heavy industrial, high temperature industrial processes. We do have more climate friendly solutions for heating homes other than gas, heat pumps. But Gas Networks Ireland is actively marketing its product as the cheaper alternative to heat pumps. Natural gas is hassle free. You don't have to worry about storing it or ordering it or arranging a delivery. It's always on and it's 24 hours a day. If you're planning to move or replace your boilers or renovate, this is the perfect time to choose natural gas. You've heard and seen the ads being run by Gas Networks Ireland and other fossil fuel companies encouraging new connections to the natural gas network. network um, over the next number of years, the big benefit is you're not changing any equipment, you're not doing anything with your home, you're literally buying renewable gas instead of natural gas and you're becoming carbon neutral. And that's the, the most amazing thing that we can get to, I think, in the future. Join the 700,000 customers in Ireland and connect online today. It's an exciting time for our customers and Gas Networks Ireland as we embark on a cleaner energy future. This doesn't sound like a fossil fuel industry that agrees its time is up if they are actively seeking new connections to their grid. In fact, it might be a fossil fuel industry thwarting people moving from gas boilers to heat pumps. They anticipate very large volumes of hydrogen and, and bio, biogas in the future. And from our perspective, that's clearly simply about maintaining the gas network that they run. So it's, it's not about what's best for Ireland's energy system as we decarbonize it. It's about what's best for Gas Networks Ireland and their gas network. Those are two very different questions. Okay, in fairness to Gas Networks Ireland, though, there is a huge amount of infrastructure there which could just become a stranded asset unless they tried to repurpose it. I think that some of their assets have actually, at this stage, perhaps already been paid off. So I do think there is that question over whether they would be stranded assets or not. And what is more expensive? Is it more expensive to switch to renovate homes and switch them to heat pumps? Or is it more expensive to maintain an outdated asset like gas grids, spend the money on repurposing them for hydrogen, also upgrading all the pipes in somebody's home, upgrading even the the boiler and the burners on your your gas stove, uh, and then paying for the hydrogen that goes through that. 
So I think there's a, a question to be asked about which is the better solution. But the idea that the all of Ireland's gas system can just be converted to hydrogen and that that makes economic sense or even you know climate sense, it isn't logical when you look at the types of volumes that we're, we're seriously talking about in the future. And we have to be very careful that we're looking at this from the perspective of what's best for Ireland's energy system, not, not what's best for the gas companies. another issue beyond what we use hydrogen for, and that is what kind of hydrogen we use. Will it be made exclusively from wind and solar energy, green hydrogen, or will it be brown, made from electricity generated by fossil fuel gas? And will hydrogen be mixed in the same pipeline as natural gas? We could find ourselves using a dirty gas to make a clean gas, and then mixing that clean gas in the same pipes as a dirty gas, just so that Gas Networks Ireland can call it by the more climate-friendly sounding name of a renewable gas. Tara and Global Witness have seen how the association of gas network suppliers that Gas Networks Ireland is a member of has lobbied the European Commission to have brown hydrogen classified as a renewable gas. This is under the piece of European legislation that helps promote the uh, development of renewable energy called the Renewable Energy Directive. And um, so far, we're in a situation where the Commission has uh, pushed back against those asks and has insisted that um, only hydrogen from a renewable energy source should be considered renewable. For the gas industry, having fossil-based hydrogen considered as renewable would be a dream come true because it makes it, it it's, it's greenwashing. It means you can talk about a fossil-based product and call it renewable. And that's something we really need to be stand firmly against. Can a fossil fuel-based product ever be honestly or accurately called renewable? You've probably heard the ads that Gas Networks Ireland is running on this station and elsewhere. Gas Networks Ireland is changing Ireland's energy future. Thanks to natural gas, we already connect over 700,000 Irish homes and businesses to affordable and efficient energy. And now, with renewable gas, we're moving towards a cleaner energy future. I asked David Kelly from Gas Network Ireland what proportion of the gas in their pipelines was actually renewable right now. The percentages are, are minimal, as in you're talking near one two percent. That's what we're, we're seeing over over time. Um, so, so the, the the absolute dominant gas on the grid today is natural gas. It would be fair the criticism that is made of you to say that it is not a, in any way a renewable gas. Natural gas isn't. Or what is in the system at the moment, the mix of 1-2% biomethane and natural gas? The only renewable gas is biomethane. Um, natural gas isn't. So that's, that's extracted from, from wells or through the interconnectors where it's, it's applied to us. So it's not renewable today. But Gas Networks Ireland says in the radio ads that it's running on its website, things like renewable gas entered Ireland's first purpose-built injection facility in 2019. Renewable gas is a clean, sustainable and carbon carbon neutral fuel for heat and transport that's present tense Mm. i take from that or i get the impression that there is an awful lot more renewable gas than just one or two percent in the mix our our like what i can say to you is that our uh, our momentum our intention our the thrust of the organization now is to drive that renewable mix 
very high. Um, so fair enough, that's where you want to be, but you would accept as well that maybe using the future tense rather than the present tense would be a bit more accurate and would get you off the hook of accusations of greenwashing. Well, the invest, if you look at the level of investment, the level of momentum, the work we're doing both with, in terms of the development of the anaerobic digestion sector and, 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 and biomethane and the work we're doing now with the likes of National Grid to bring hydrogen onto the grid, it's our absolute, it's our core uh, vision to bring renewable gases en masse onto the grid. But we have 700,000 customers to look after today. And, and frankly, you know, the, the, the volume of hydrogen available to us we would love it if there was a lot more to be working with, but it's still at very early stages. So it is their aspiration to supply renewable gas in the future, but they agree that what they're supplying now is not renewable. We also discussed why they think it's right to keep expanding the gas network with connections to new homes, when if you want to reduce emissions, that job would be better done by heat pumps than gas. For customers, I think it's, it's what's really attractive, actually, is the idea that their existing infrastructure at home doesn't need to, you don't need to spend 50 or 60 grand on a retrofit or, or a heat pump, potentially, especially if your home can't support it. There is an alternative. It's a parallel option where you could absolutely get a hydrogen-ready boiler or a hydrogen-ready hob and potentially have a long-term uh, future to consider. Uh, for a new development, absolutely, heat pumps are, are going to become the norm um, for, for new devs. But we've got you know 1.6 million homes across the country that, that need to be supported also. So we see a really serious role for, for the gas network into the long term, not something that's just in the near term. But when you consider the amount of decarbonisation that Irish society has to do and that there is a perfect alternative there, a zero carbon alternative in heat pumps. Strategically, should Ireland, if not Gas Networks Ireland, be considering now is the time to quietly bow out of provision to the residential sector at the very least? Yeah, look, and our sense would be over time, absolutely, our role in the residential sector will diminish. There's no doubt about that. Uh, having said that, that there's going to be a, a serious transition in that space. Our role in the commercial and in the power generation sector is, is going nowhere fast. Over time, absolutely, our role in the domestic heat sector will diminish, but it's going to take a long time. So Gas Networks Ireland will ultimately retreat from heating our homes, but there's no timeline for that. They know that heat pumps and retrofitting of older homes is the gold standard for actually reducing emissions coming from houses. But Gas Networks Ireland is promoting itself today as the provider of a cheaper alternative to retrofitting. It's just not a particularly climate-friendly cheaper alternative. There's still one final claim to deal with. That Gas Networks Ireland lobbied the European Commission for brown hydrogen, made from fossil fuels, to be classified as a renewable gas. We, we've had some, you know, uh, discussion with at a European level with, you know, entities like GD4S and other other um, gas representative bodies, and in other jurisdictions, absolutely, and especially as I said to you in the UK, there's a real strong push for blue hydrogen to be acknowledged as a as a renewable gas. That group that he mentions, GD4S, has been lobbying extensively in Brussels for fossil fuels to be relabeled as renewable. Gas Networks Ireland may not have done the lobbying directly, but the group that they are a member of has. If Ireland had a clear hydrogen plan, what is green, what is not, what we will support, what we will phase out, then a lot of this confusion might not arise. 
But in that disorganised Irish energy market, environmentalists think that they see fossil fuel companies trying to extend their reach and greenwash fossil fuels as renewable. We don't want it to simply be a greenwashing for maintaining an, an existing gas system that we know needs to change significantly if we're going to have a decarbonised energy system in the future. But those fossil fuel companies say, with some justification, you may not like us, but what alternative is there to us in the absence of a hydrogen plan? We absolutely support the renewable electricity agenda and getting to 80% would be a remarkable achievement. But that 20%, that, that piece that isn't possible to be delivered, gas is that player. And our sense would be that until we ramp up the volume of hydrogen that we can bring onto the grid, we're going to be reliant on fossil fuels. And that's probably going to be another 10, 15, 20 years, realistically. It went almost completely unnoticed by most national media. But last month, Ireland was visited by Germany's hydrogen commissioner, Stefan Kaufmann. Herr Kaufmann was on a mission to make it clear that there was a guaranteed export market to Germany for whatever hydrogen Ireland manages to produce. Hydrogen's moment is not only here now, it's passing us by. A potential source of enormous revenues ignored for the want of a few more civil servants dedicated to devising a hydrogen plan. The absence of a plan leaving fossil fuel interests free to extend rather than contract their reach and greenwash dirty fuels as renewable. The absence of a homegrown industry leaving us as importers of a dirty product when we should be exporting a clean one. It's hard to see right now how you could call all of this anything other than a hot mess. Hot Mess, an RTE original podcast, was written, produced and presented by me, Philip Boucher-Hayes. If you'd like to hear more podcasts from RTE on this topic, please rate and review this one wherever you have downloaded it. And thanks for listening.